Coming to you live from the Fanboy Planet comic shop in Santa Clara, California. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast with your host, Derek McCall. Thank you, thank you. Yes, excellent. Well, this is Derek McCall, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com and host of your podcast. With me, of course, is my fabulous announcer, Mr. Lon Lopez. hi And... Uh, currently trying to set the levels because apparently we just blew everything to, to shreds. <laughs> Don't <laughs> back, mind me, I twiddle the dials all the time. Back from his sojourn in New York, Mr. Rick Brettschneider. Thank you, and it's now only an hour and a half ahead of California time, biologically speaking. Okay, you're, you're, yeah, getting, you're catching, catching up. back up there. And in an, I think so your biological clock is ticking? Is something that what you're like that. Okay. I think in an, in an unprecedented move, we have uh, a guest two, guest commentator two weeks in a row. Not that um, it's unprecedented we've had a guest commentator, but that, that uh, this commentator has shown up two weeks in a row. And that is, of course, Mr. Chris Garcia. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, and Rick brought us back souvenirs. So while throughout this podcast, uh, Lon Lopez and I are going to be playing a little game. So uh, right now, Chris Garcia is wearing his Clark Kent eyeglasses that Rick brought back from New York. We're very thrilled. It's very hard to recognize him, even yes. through the hair. Wait, Chris is here? I was going to say, there's this guy no, in there's glasses. This, there's this mild-mannered... Mm-hmm. Is that Harry Knowles? No. And so <laughs> That's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me, Derek. Really? I haven't said anything meaner than that? No, you've tried, but you failed usually. Well, now I know the level. But uh, So Chris ended up with the Clark Kent eyeglasses, and Lon and I got these sparkly green lantern rings, which were clearly meant for children. So what we're going to do is, while the cash register goes, which of course means that sales are happening here at the shop at 2925 El Camino Real. The store is alive. Suite 105 in Santa Clara, California, 95051. And, uh, yeah, anyway... Uh, anyway, we've got these little Green Lantern rings. We're going to say the oath. We're going to put them on together. And whoever's finger loses feeling first. <laughs> you have to explain that a little bit. I said these were a children's ring. Well, they're, wow. actually, they're actually made out of like a, a gummy stretchy, type yes, uh, rubber. rubber plastic. It's and, like a translucent and, green. Um, and it has a little like little battery light flasher and, thing. And, and when you press on them, indeed, they form a giant catcher's mitt. Green, glowing catcher's Wait, mitt. Wait, yours is a catcher's mitt? Mine is a giant boxing glove. So I see, don't well, know. that's okay. Uh, okay. Oh, dear Lord. That said horrible things, Wait, didn't it? Wait, does one of them form a big bucket of water or something like that? No, oh. no. I think you and I are the only ones who got that. Thank <laughs> heavens. All right, so, anyway, ready? Uh, let's say the oath okay, together. Are we, going on, are we going on? You can't do your... I'll do this side ring finger. I'm right? doing this side ring finger. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Go, same, ready? Say our oaths. Uh, well, how's it start? In brightest, brightest day, day or in blackest night, night no, no evil shall escape my sight. sight. Let those I'm who worship and I can't believe. beware my I power, remember green lantern's this light. Poem. Okay, got it. Okay. 
It's on. It's on. Okay. I think it was a tie. It was. Well, no, no, no. Oh, I'm just glad I remembered the pledge. Now the comp- passes out first. The competition is exactly who loses, you know, because the blood flow is... Oh, oh. And, and I just shot Derek. Ah, uh, this is exactly how John Stewart did it in this the Justice League. This is great radio. It could be. <laughs> oh, if only we had the vidcast. All right. So, let us begin this week by talking about a, a long promise... I quit. It's off. No. No, I'm kidding. A long right. promised event, uh, and we... It, that we actually had one of the writers on uh, a couple of months ago, Mr. Keith Champagne. I, I think we with t- with today World War Three officially hitting the stands. We can stop calling him up and comer and say, "Solid DC." He writer. has arrived. He has arrived. He has indeed. Never before have I looked more forward to World War Three. Boom. Yes. Never before. Never before. It's come close. And I'm excited. I want to read it. All right. And uh, Lon has put on the Clark Kent eyeglasses. And it's like that episode of Justice League where they became children. And I Green can Lantern see needed... through my hand. Oh, crap. Are these X-ray specs? <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think it? I took them off with you guys around? So, oh, World War Three. Mm. I'm going commando. Oh, dear Lord. World War Three has hit. Uh, that's issue number 50 of 52. Uh, Black Adam versus Everybody. Uh, kind of like Black Adam versus the world, right? Yes. Well, it's mostly those superheroes. So you could call it like World War Black Adam. And definitely dealing with the political ramifications that had been implied in uh, the one year later books. How the, what is that, the group from China, the Great Ten. The Great Ten. The Great Ten, uh, and exactly, explaining exactly... Uh, what was going on politically? Yeah, something happened. I, we yeah. did, but I think we're going to be okay. Okay. Well, let's, we'll talk through it. Okay. Anyway, the Great Ten versus the Justice Society on the border of China with Black Adam getting ready to go in. Um, and then it does – World War Three takes place over one week, as every issue of 52 has been. Uh, but clearly it's too big an event, as logically would be for 22 pages. And so DC also released four specials. Uh, World War Three issues one, two, three, and four all today, and I thought they did the, a nice thing that I didn't realize they were going to do was that those specials too are at two fifty. So at least uh, you're spending two dollars less than I thought I was going to spend. Given I spent fifty dollars yeah. filling my gas tank, tank. today, <laughs> yeah. any little kindness, Any little bit, that's another two miles. Thank you, DC. <laughs> I would just like to stop the podcast and point out my purple finger. <laughs> I don't know if you, I put it on uh, the table. I don't know if you guys can see. You know, you can shoot up now, actually. I think but this one, really this the, my middle finger is, due to the, the lantern ring, This is turning great. a different color. Lon looks like he's from Korrigar. Yeah, I'm turning into Sinestro. But anyway, let's continue. That Indeed. was just an update. Yeah, there we go. An update on uh, the ring my finger. My finger too is darkening, but not as bad as that. All right. So, uh, so World War Three hit, and it, it is actually really well done for an event that could have been, say, compared to another war that had a big crossover uh, this is is surprisingly tight, tightly edited, and what? I'm sorry, I was I was going to get political. Oh, I no, I, Whoa, yeah, don't do that, yeah. please. Let's not get political. You know, this week I think actual current events people are too upset about that. So let's yeah. just ignore the real world and go to the the comics. I love comics. I love comics, and there's a World War Three going on there, but it's actually really tightly edited, and and I both John Ostrander and Keith Champagne. Uh, I hope that sounded like that was in italics. Our friend, Keith Champagne, uh, that they both did a really good job of actually explaining some of the things that happened uh, that we'd already seen the results of in one year later. Aquaman, very satisfied with the solution for what happened to Aquaman. Okay, don't run it for me. I haven't read it. I'm not. not okay. I'm saying. No spoilers on this one. 
Look, again, if it's a spoiler that came out like seven months ago in the actual pages of Aquaman, I'm just making sure, you know. No, no, I just mean don't tell me. Oh, I'm not going to tell, tell you Don't tell me why he's a squid face. I'm not going to tell you. I just think that they came up with a good solution and came up with good answers as to why you've got Supergirl and Legion of Superheroes. And Wait, can I guess why he's a squid face? Was it because Pirates of the Caribbean 2 was such a huge hit and they wanted a squid face character to sell comics? Oddly enough, that is exactly the solution Excellent. Keith Champagne put in there. I yes, knew it. yes. Disney and DC, um, no, have no alliance whatsoever. Mm. That's not the answer, but I, I was satisfied with the answer we got. So I thought they did a really good I job. Can't wait, and uh, you know, it's re- it's very, very, very readable. I was very happy with that. They also announced last week, uh, not necessarily World War Three, but still in DC news, that Gail Simone was leaving Birds of Prey. It kind of leaked out in a Dan DiDio column in the back of DC's books, I think two weeks ago, that she was leaving Birds of Prey. Lots of people freaked out because she's doing a fantastic job in Birds of Prey, and I think probably the popularity of the book. Didn't she start Birds of Prey? Wasn't she that her not. baby? She did not. Actually, Chuck oh. Dixon did. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So, uh, but she's she's written it for at least fifty issues. It's been a very long run uh, by modern so standards. So she's kind of like the yeah. she's kind of like the Peter, Peter David, David of Birds of Prey. Yes, absolutely. She has broken down that team more than once, reformed it, given a new new reason for being, and and done. And just you know a, what I liked about her run? She never replaced any of the girls with guys. No, absolutely she kept not. Kept it all chick. No, centric. and it was and and they were. I like it. <laughs> okay, uh, Lon's strange. Uh, <laughs> Uh, DC hentai fantasies outside about? Uh, that she just you know she brought a, a real woman's voice. I dig chicks to in it. wheelchairs, dude. I'm sorry, but okay. let us not disparage the Chuck Dixon run. No, that was excellent. It was a, it was a good run, but I I have to admit I I liked Birds of Prey better once Gail Simone took over. I got more involved in those characters and found them more believable. I thought Chuck Dixon he's a great action writer. I, I have no problem. That's a great action name too. Chuck Dixon. Dixon Chuck Dixon. Action writer. I mean certainly he did he got that idea together and made it strong enough that uh, the WB did a really bad television series out With of Dina it. With Dina Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I was sad when it got on. Went off. When, when it went got off. off. When you got <laughs> off. When yeah, it got okay. on. Lost what? interest. <laughs> no, you know, actually, I, I, it was it just floundered a bit. It, yeah. it, it had some really good potential, and they kept backing away from the potential. And uh, you know what I liked most about that was the uh, Tiger Woman or whatever the woman Catwoman's daughter. Mm-hmm. And the every Huntress. time, every time she walked around, they played the cat like in the background. Yes. I was like, how lame. Is I just uh, seen Mia. What Mia Sarah was that? that Mia Sarah was Sarah was Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. I missed that one. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the, no, she, she was in several. Time. She was she recurring. Yeah. Uh, How many episodes did they do? Uh, Thirteen. Really? They did a full season of uh, well, a full Birds of Prey? or a half season. Yeah. Uh, mysteriously unreleased on DVD. Oh. I still get people occasionally writing in. The fanboys would you know, love like, to have that. that. About four or five months ago, somebody wrote in and said, uh, and said, "I have this idea. Please write more episodes." It's like. um I, 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 didn't just, I didn't write them. Yeah, they would have made more sense if I had. Uh, but uh, the only thing I didn't like about that was that it, it resolved itself as Batman had been there the whole time watching over, you know, and Alfred called – that was the that was the denouement of the series. Alfred called Bat, called Batman from where, wherever Batman was and said, your daughter's doing just fine, and you had the gloved hand hang up the phone. I'm like, what? <laughs> so oh, there's so that high-pitched squeal, wail the, that you the, don't like. So the Catwoman what? Huntress was his daughter? Yes. Oh, that's lame. You know, that, that is... No, she was that originally. Was what, yeah, oh, I, I thought she was Catwoman's daughter. 
Originally, yes. Earth. Two, the original Huntress is the Earth Two character. Oh, of, uh, was Cat the daughter Woman of Batman. Catwoman and Batman. Right. So that's where they where they took that. And there's been implications that that character will be coming back because in the comics, uh, Power Girl remembers ha- having teamed up with Helena Wayne, not Helena Troy Bertinelli. I think is her. Valerie Bertinelli. No. Valerie Bertinelli. But I think she's actually Helena No, she is Bertinelli, yeah. She is. Because she's a mob girl now. She's a uh, mob lady. Forget about it. uh, That is the number five series on my official list of waiting for DVD releases. Behind only Lucky from FX and my other favorite, Parker Lewis Can't Lose. It's always Fox that never releases the good ones. (laughs) But they got all (laughs) the money out there. Yeah, (laughs) true. But I am waiting for Parker Lewis. That would be a good one. But let's not get there. But Gail Simone on Wonder Woman. Leaving Bird's Parade, going to Wonder Woman, she had implied uh, a couple weeks ago, she said, yes, I'm leaving. I was given an offer I couldn't refuse. And I don't know if she's the f- – she's not the first woman to write Wonder Woman. Jody Piccola has been doing it right – took over after Alan Heinrich for a few issues. Uh, I guess she's a fantasy author. You may – Rick, being more of a novel reader than those of us who spend most of our time with graphic fiction, uh, you know – you, get, you lay Keep more going. of a claim to, to adult that you may know who Jody Bacola is. I didn't really know. I don't recognize stuff. I don't. I don't read a lot Sorry of fantasy stuff that. anymore other than, you know, comics. Didn't Trina Robbins? Trina Robbins did a miniseries, oh. A Legend of Wonder Woman, okay. like a three-issue thing, in between Christ on Infinite Earths and George Perez's relaunch. She did the old style. Yeah, she did. She drew it the way that uh, William – well, no, it's not. I don't know who the actual original yeah. artist was because it wasn't William Moulton Marston. He just wrote it. Mm-hmm. Not that his name was really that either. It was Charles Moulton or something like that. I think uh, I heard uh, Linda Carter might be jumping on too for a stay, for a stint, for an art. Uh, Linda Carter though actually is jumping on to a television series that's near and dear to some of our hearts. Really? Oh, she's joining Smallville. That's she's right. Smallville. Who's and she playing? DC, uh, she's playing Chloe's mom. Oh. And uh, DC is releasing a Linda Carter as Wonder Woman statue, and I think that's going to be interesting. Is that on well. DVD? Can we catch Wonder that Woman? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have the first season on DVD. Yeah. Uh, started to show, started to show that to my daughter, <laughs> and then I realized it was very difficult yeah. to explain the concepts of Nazis to a six-year-old. Chris could do it. But I've, then, I've done it. <laughs> but, yes, but little Evelyn's going to grow up troubled. Let's just She'd put it that way. Schindler's List. Sure. Love that little girl's coat. So I haven't seen it. Don't it's run so it for red, me. Uncle Chrissy. Oh golly. Um, anyway, so Gail Simone's going to be on Woman. It's maybe exciting. It's she may not be the first woman to have done it, but uh, she is definitely a fan favorite. I mean, everybody's got to say she's going to have a great take. She's going to have a great take on that. So we I'm know Gail very Simone. little about it, but it, it's it's going to be exciting. But let us turn over to the Marvel side of things and the multimedia. It's been an interesting week. Uh, for that, we've got a lot of casting news and a lot of weird things. Probably nothing weirder this week than the news that Edge and Bono, or The Edge the and Edge! Bono, have scored. Uh, they've written the score to a musical. Now, do we believe this? It's true. Is it true? It got reported in Variety. When does Edge have time, or Bono have time to stop from his world, saving the world? To sit down and go, Edge, I think we should write about Spider-Man. I mean, come on. Well, well thanks. I didn't even say that. He said, he's absolutely. That's right. Spider-Man the musical is going to have Edge a stage reading. Edge the song reading. called The Web Slinger. Oh it's going to have a stage reading with music by Ed, The Edge and Bono, directed by Julie Taymor, and the casting call went out. So the stage reading, I think, is supposed to happen sometime in June. And did you send in your headshot, Derek? I did not. I, I, I could... 
I, I'm the wrong age for everything. I'm too Mary Jane, I just met a girl named Mary Jane. And suddenly I don't know when I forgot all about Green Goblin. Gwen. I yeah. just met a but goblin you know, that's funniest, green. The funniest thing about the casting sheet, though, that I do love is you've got Peter Parker, and they said, and they describe uh, both played by Nathan Lane. But no, from what no, I hear. no, no one's cast yet. Oh, Norman okay. Osborn and J. Jonah Jameson are both described as being in their fifties. But the funniest thing about it is they have the comic geek, geek chorus. So that it will be, I guess, it has a, like a framing story of comic book fans getting together and telling each other their favorite stories about Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin. Yeah. So. I, I just like that. Hey, it's a geek it's chorus. A day, That's day. us. We are the geek chorus. Encyclopedic well, knowledge. Of I all think the this Spider-Man cannot stories. fail because of the success that was the Superman musical. Really, you think that cannot <laughs> fail as a result of that? Absolutely not. No, but the you know, genius. Well, if you actually are, you have any familiarity with it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And sadly, I do. Uh, the, one of the problems is that Superman himself is not actually the main character in that. Mm-hmm. It's all about Max Mencken, this made-up uh, Mencken foil. Because they cast Jack Cassidy in the early 60s, who was like, he was the king of Broadway at the time. I know, I know. But Jack Cassidy, uh, David Cassidy, and Sean Cassidy's father. Uh, it was, you know, a great Broadway guy. So, he, but he was wrong for Superman. He was all smarmy. So they created that character, and then that's what the musical became about because he was the star. Didn't he just die? Jack Cassidy? Uh, he just died about 30 years ago. 30 years ago? Okay. He died in a pretty, fire. Pretty recent. Yeah. Pretty recent. He, he died in a fire. Uh, while the Partridge family was still on, hey, welcome to the 21st century, Chris. Wow, well, I yeah. miss these things. Yeah. Um, so, really, though, I mean, are we, what do we think about this? Are we excited about, I mean, is this, because to me, well, I think see, it's I'm stupid. I'm bitter that this is going to get read before the Jim Steinman, David Ives Batman musical, because I was so looking forward Wait, to that. Wait, but just stop for a second. Fanboys, comics, people, comic readers out there. Are we begging for musicals? Is that what it's... I mean... Well, this certainly won't be the worst... What's going on here? This won't Seriously. be the worst bilking of fanboys. Uh, there was a wrestling musical in the very early 80s. I know, but how many fanboys... Like when you what? go, What? When yes. you go to Comic-Con, how many people are sitting there going, You know what? I'm just... I love the Batman movies. I love the TV show. Okay, but look. they haven't done a musical yet. Okay, now wait. Wait, wait, wait. Let me... To be fair. Uh, Rick... Uh, did, did give me a report uh, midweek last week in New York when he had seen Company, you know, so yeah. he loves the Sondheim. He went to see Mary Poppins. Disney turned Tarzan into a musical, which I guess, it, you know, I've, had, I've heard mixed things. And the, I was, would love to go see that. I, I looked at the music uh, in one of the stores. They had the uh, the sheet music there for Tarzan. They had all the posters. And stuff. It actually looks interesting, but it doesn't look like anything you need to go to New York to see because you know it's going to go on the road. Yes, uh, but we, we have the Tarzan uh, Broadway cast album, and my... It's, Kids love it, you know okay. all the extensions they do. All right, call you know. me stupid. I don't know. I'm okay, just you're saying. Stupid. I'm just you're saying. Stupid. I ain't gonna be. Or you're the, just one of those guys. You don't really appreciate musicals, do you? I don't. I don't know if the Dark Knight can be scary if he's singing a song. You know what I'm saying? If it's a song by Jim Steinman, the it can night, be. Oh. and look I at, am at, vengeance. Okay, no, I'm gonna tell you something. Lady Todd, you look at. If you uh, can, yes, Todd is Jekyll and Hyde. If you, you can wait at, to uh, edit to edit this in, I will send you one of the demo songs because I have a disc of five of the demo songs from Batman the Musical. We can play a little excerpt. Uh, hopefully, I'm gonna give this a moment. Okay, my fanboys out there who are listening to this, write in if you think one of the Batman songs. Songs is on Bad Out of Hell Three, and I haven't bought it, but really it is apparently one? I don't know. I Sung don't by know. Meatloaf. Got it on the Meatloaf sings it. Say. Oh well. Well, if there was perfect casting for Batman, Meatloaf would be it. He's playing the Penguin, Mister O'Day. Oh. 
Thank you, Mr. O'Day. Yeah. Mm. I'm just saying. When people out there, Pearl Loaf. are you? If you're as it's outraged as I am, right in. I wanted to say that it's ironic with the the Spider-Man Three soundtrack has just come out, mm-hmm. and if you go to their website, they sh- oh their, their MySpace page, they have videos playing on it, and one of them is a Spider-Man play. I won't spoil any more. It's a stage play of Spider-Man. Well, I'll spoil it. It's Maybe that's in Spider-Man. Done by four-year-olds. Oh, I got to see that. Yeah. yeah. I'll see that. I'll watch. Because kids are cute. Yeah. But... You know, what's uh, singing? Spy- okay, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Do you think this all came about from the whole, was that Buffy musical or whatever, now everybody's all into musicals again, or is it... Buffy wasn't the first one to do it either. I mean, even mm. Oz, the prison drama on HBO, did a musical episode. What? I can't yeah. believe how well it worked. You're kidding me. Uh, it's actually really well done. And okay, I'm gonna... You guys finish the podcast. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Lopez has now retired. Thank heavens he's Lon, gone. you've got so much to live for. <laughs> I thought he'd never leave. My finger is purple. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, finger check. Uh, I'm okay. You'll survive. But see, when you, when you hold it up like that, you got... See, I'm putting it down and letting it, you know... You look like the, you got gout. I don't know. Uh, and Chris. your finger looks bad, too. Oh, I thought gout oh. was only in your foot. That's any no, extremity. No, no, any extremity. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can get it in your... Little yes. Pez man. And your winky. <laughs> Send your comments to <laughs> In the Lopezling. All right. Um, I don't know what the heck what? that meant. Okay. Uh, but the Spider-Man news is, of course, as as the studios Ooh, can keep... Can we talk about Kirsten Dunst? Oh, that cow. <laughs> I'm going to come out and say this. Kirsten Dunst, that cow. All right. Really? Though. I'm missing... Did you hear what she said? The transition she made there from was... hottie to cow. There was an interview. Oh, she's still a hottie. Okay. But she's a cow. All right. I think she's a butterface. Anybody with okay. me? Like Anybody? It. No, I think I'm, she's cute. I think she's cute. Butterface. But her personality ah. leaves a lot to be desired this week. In an interview, I think I read it on Ain't It Cool, but it was probably from Variety or yeah. something else. I don't remember. But she basically was talking about a fourth Spider-Man installment, and they were talking about you know casting new people, and she made the thing, oh, that movie's totally going to flop if we're not in it. And it's just like nobody's going to see a Spider-Man movie now because we all associate Kirsten Dunst with Mary Jane. I'd like to point out to her that in the movie she just finished, Spider-Man Three, the little thing that's going to open in a couple weeks, they cast Bryce Dallas Howard as Gwen Stacy, thereby implying that they were perfectly willing to move forward with other love interests. In I mean, we could name them all. Betty Brant has been there. We could move her up. Oh, she'd be great. Yeah. and Tamika Wilson. Let's see, little Felicia Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> just one movie. I sounded like I, I sound like the Family Guy. There. Ah, Meg. I'm just, uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying though, like internationally, do you think the people overseas are really gonna? Oh no, Kirsten Dunst. I'm not seeing this crap. Come I on. Mean, I mean, yeah, no. I mean, the truth of the matter is, if we because we talk about this, one of the problems for us narratively with the Spider-Man movies is, you know, you do have to. This is where lawns. Uh, problem with casting Oscar winners or people that are trying to be Oscar bait, at least, mm-hmm. it f- falls into play. It becomes more about the secret identity when we really want to see the superhero. Mm-hmm. And the Spider-Man movies have, uh, well, two definitely did this, and I'm afraid that there's going to be this in three, where it's just, man, 
can, is any superhero worse at keeping his mask on than Spider-Man because Tobey Maguire has to be shown acting, which is ironic because he really only has two or three different weepy-eyed, dewy and expressions. Y- have you noticed, like, every Spider-Man movie, too, he only gets, like, a part of his mask yeah, blown off? It's yes. Not, yeah, and good. it always gets, you know, that it's one like part. It's like the Doc Savage ripped shirt. I was going there. Only not as macho. You know, yeah. it, it's just strange. So... And to celebrate that this week, because the studios do this to us, is there's a DVD that came out yesterday, the Spider-Man 2.1, with seven extra minutes of footage. I think I read eight. Eight? Yes. Well, then there we go. Oh, that's a whole different story. Eight-minute abs. Okay. Eight-minute abs, uh, in which include a a scene which I did I do believe they had the publicity photo, or it was or it was actually in the trailer at one point, of J. Jonah Jameson wearing the Spider-Man suit after Spider-Man had thrown it away. And then you said, Lon, you saw something. Yeah, there's a new fight scene added uh, where Doc Ock and Spidey fight in, like, a law office or something. And I'm, I'm hoping there's a little more screen time for Phil Lamar. Phil was in there, and uh, what was he's he? in a subway train. I, and, and, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, come on, you've got, you've got John Stewart. You've got Green Lantern, and Spider-Man could team up. In a- Actually, there's an extended uh, dialogue scene with Hal Sparks in the elevator. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm fantastic. Kidding. Fantastic. And surprisingly, he's actually reprising his character from Dude, Where's My Car? Exactly. Zoltan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you got me. Good. Mm-hmm. I would not have referenced that at all. <laughs> Zoltan. Cause you were going to go with Queer as Folk, weren't you? No, I don't watch that either. So, um, I, you know. But uh, I don't have Spider. Not a Hal Sparks fan. He's a nice guy, I guess. He knows karate. Good hair. Sure, he will whatever. kick your... So what? Anyways. Hey, take a number, Hal. Okay. Uh, yeah. Now serving Dave. number seven. Anyway, number seven. So that's out there. Uh, but anyways, my prediction would be if they did a Spider-Man four and didn't have um, what's her name, Toby Keith and uh, Martina or what's and his Martina name? Uh, no, uh, uh, Kirsten. Kirsten's duty head. Um, I would still. I, I think Ow. we'd all still go watch it. I think she well, also gave an interview last week, like in Vogue, talking about how much she likes to smoke pot. And what a good role model. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just an idiot. Um. I but, personally you know, have nothing against marijuana. Still other not than, having a problem with her. <laughs> <laughs> Folks at home, Mr. and Mrs. Wager, if you could see the expression on <laughs> Rick's face when he said that, I wish we'd filmed it. It was yeah, good. But what are you doing down there? I'm, I'm, oh, it's your ring. Adjusting the ring. It's the power ring. Yeah, all I know, I, I see Derek going, <laughs> <laughs> and a green light's coming up. Woo! You know, I'm so upset about the new, the new Spider-Man because they're introducing Topher Grace into the series, and when, he's not Peter Parker. When he, he would have been. been a perfect replacement. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But there are others that'll go, you know, because now we'll, let's go to some casting things. What about Adrian, Bro- or not Adrian Brody, uh, who's the kid from the OC? Adam Brody? Adam Brody. He was so close. Don't you think he would make he a would, good Peter Parker? He um, I. He's a little too ethnic. Oh, you mean Jewy. Just say it. <laughs> oh. Just say it. No! Oh. All right. Full of Jewy All right, that's All right. it. I think he'd be perfect. I, you know, I mean, I hate to say this. I hate, you know, but Chris Peter, is Jewish. That's why we can get Peter, away with it. But he claims to be. Oh, okay. uh, Jew-esque. Jew-esque. <laughs> I love the Jews. All right, uh, go ahead. But Peter Parker is just as bland and white as you can possibly get. That's one of the things about him. And one of the things I don't like about how, how he always has the mask getting blown off is that one of the strengths of Spider-Man, I think why Spider-Man is so popular, Stan Lee has said this, and I think he's right. That under that Spider-Man mask, no, he could be anybody, except not anymore. Not anymore, right? You know. So, anyway, 
Uh, but let's go to some casting. We'll things. get back to that by the way. Because I had this idea. We talked a couple weeks ago about uh, Shazam. You know how they're going through that, and they were saying well, there was a rumor that Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Maybe on, whatever. I, I don't. I'm just trying to help. You I out. don't respect him enough to learn to pronounce his name what? correctly. I He's don't. He's a good kid. He's, He's a good kid. kid. I'm sure he is. Mm-hmm. And his father directed episodes of Twin Peaks. Very good. And I think Maggie's hot, and that's great. And I'm happy for her and Jason. Okay, Sarsgaard get on with it. it. No, but he sorry. was he was rumored to be Captain Marvel, and then that was kind of shot down by screenwriter John August. And this weekend, I caught just a few minutes of a movie that reminded me of who would actually be. If you can't have Patrick Warburton because he's in his 40s, the studio might not go for it. Mm. But there is an actor who has that sense of whimsy, but could probably play up, pull off the macho too that Captain Marvel needs to be. Lay it on me, Derek. Ron Livingston. Wow. He's got the He's eyebrows. He's not big enough. Office space. I was watching it. I said, that's exactly. That is Captain Marvel. That he would, could be. He, he could, could be he Captain really could Marvel. Be. But yeah. the thing is, let's face it. And I think he's got the acting chops to do it, too. He, yeah. He's a good actor. He's, he's underrated. Well, he's, I like him. He's been a cult favorite. You're right. He's not big enough through his minds. But I think that the properties are bigger than any actor you can cast. Take that, Miss Dunst. All right? So there's <laughs> what I'm going with. Because you are a regular listener. Yes. She might be. I don't when know. When she gets high. <laughs> she gets high and searches the I internet. I to what Fanboy Planet has to say it about me. perfect for The Rock. Kirsten, call me. The Rock as the rock. Shazam. He's too ethnic. Put the ethnic. Put the ethnic thing no, on it. I totally the Rock don't. has to be Black Adam. Yeah, I can see The Rock as Black we're, Adam. The Rock is Black Adam. We're the also, Rock is Doc Savage. We're also saving The Rock for Doc <laughs> Savage. I'm sorry. Look, in my little dream world, The Rock is Doc Savage, and there's no getting around it. Uh, <laughs> 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 anyway, I, I beg. Call me, Rock. Call me. Uh, but We're friends with The Rock. He loves us. We're tight. He actually, I think he looked in our direction when we met him on the red I carpet. I told him nice hair. That's and right. And he smiled and And we laughed. have that. You can see that on video on, the on Fanboy Planet. Absolutely. You know, The Rock and me together, we did a Nickel and Chino, so we're tight. Oh. Close. Thanks for bringing that one up again. <laughs> and a callback. Okay. Together. But the casting news this week that uh, it sort of almost goes to the opposite of what most people are, are stunned, that... Uh, the Incredible Hulk. What's that again? Most people are stunned because okay. it's kind of the opposite of what I was just saying. Uh, we've got an Oscar nominee. I don't think he's an Oscar winner, but an no. Oscar nominee cast in The Incredible Hulk. Which but is you know the- what? He has a title better than an Oscar nominee. Ex-boyfriend of Salma Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that over an Oscar. It's an entirely a guy different trophy. That dumped Salma Hayek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed High five, Norton. buddy. Ed Norton yeah. is going to officially Bruce Banner in Incredible Hulk. And the thing I find at odds is that I don't think of Louis Leterrier. I think he's a good action director. I'm surprised that Ed Norton would go into a movie directed by Louis Leterrier. Well, you know why? It's because he saw Green. <laughs> Money. <laughs> we uh, we we got it. Lon. Oh, sorry. You know, oh, I as, thought you were talking about the, weed. As, no, I was as, talking about the Hulk. As the weeks go by, you get more and more desperate. It's sad. I'm sorry. It's because my finger is purple. <laughs> but the ring is still green and it flashes. All right. I'm uh, getting woozy. Okay, so there we go. So that's something that I think made people happy. Uh, Ed Norton, I think he could, he's got the rage. He's got that. Norton. He's got that vibe of being smarter than everybody else around him, or at least thinking he is, which I could see Bruce Banner having, and a little bit edgy. My problem yeah. with him is he's not a genre actor. And he's his, not. His genre stuff has been oh. good, but seldom great. He's been the stuff that he's been in. Some of has been really good. Okay, remember but. how we talked about people past their prime who would have been perfect, David Banner. Uh, who's the Bruce guy? Banner. Bruce Banner. I refuse to acknowledge Sorry. the name David. Sorry. 
It's David from this Bruce ring. Um, who's the guy who was a reanimator? Was that Jeffrey Combs? Jeffrey Combs. Couldn't he, like, oh, in, he his heyday, in his heyday, wouldn't he even a rad Bruce Banner? Yeah, you know, I'm happy enough that he got to be the question, even if it was No, he was great as the he question. He was the great question. Yes. Uh, but that's who I would pick in my perfect little, what do you call it, I, universe, world, studio lawn. But I think that Rick and I agree on a perfect little bit of casting absolutely this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Uh, for the, Lay it on me, for Daddy. For the Speed Racer project, <laughs> as Speed's girlfriend Trixie, Christina Ricci. It's brilliant. It is. It is brilliant it's, casting. It's all about the big eyes and the small mouth. Are they going to put oh. a chain around her and drive her behind the car? Or how I they... don't think so. Oh, okay. Go, well, Speed! But she's going to jump into that cockpit a lot. Go, uh, you know. And who is... Was that innuendo? No, no, no it wasn't. Who actually... signed up for, for Speed and uh, Rex? I haven't heard of Rex. You've heard of Rex? Who's I Rex? Have, I, the Rex I Racer X. Yeah, Racer X. Oh. Speed's brother. Billy Zane. Speed's long lost brother. Yes. No, I wait. Heard I heard they were talking to no. somebody Racer X. Uh, they talked Vince Vaughn Vince for a Vaughn, while, yeah. but I don't think that's, that's a done deal. Was it Johnny he, Depp? No. And he actually said that he wasn't going to do it. Vince uh, Vaughn. Vince has gotten a little chunky. To fitting in a skin tight lycra. Yeah, absolutely. And he's what? Six so foot 12 metal. inches tall? But what? Emil he's Hirsch, six foot twelve inches tall, he's giant. Uh, is he? Emil Hirsch is speed. Is speed, you know that, which is a good, really good, a good choice. Cat. They have personal trainers in Southern it was, California. Yeah, it was almost Zac Efron from High School Musical, but apparently he—he he don't have the chops. He's made it. Well, he's going to be in Hairspray, and oh. so they thought that that was a good thing. But apparently, um, Disney has gotten angry with Zac and like because he's got to make Haunted High School Musical. There's all kinds of weird. Dude, High School Musical is like the number one grossing. I know. Thing last year. Oh, my so God. So Disney is going to hold on to that boy. I yeah. will not let Evelyn watch it because I know she'll make me watch it every day. But you know who would have been good, Sell I out. think? Okay. Join them. Uh, the dude. Now, his name's completely gone out of my my head. The dude? Uh, the dude. He was in that haircutting movie. Uh, Barbershop. Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. He's Josh in a Hartnett haircutting would movie? Be, yeah, he was. As Speed Racer? Or uh, no, as Racer X. Racer X? Okay, maybe. Okay, I, yeah, I, I have can see my that. I'm sorry, Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. It just, he doesn't do it. I don't. I don't get him. The no. problem with race, I can understand that. I've seen movies in which I thought he was good. Like, oh, I thought he was really he good was as the Iago character, Hugo. What about um, Paul but Walker? Have, that man is the sexiest man I've ever been in a room with. Well, he, he already knows how to drive screen. cars. So yeah, I still can't stand him on screen. Hmm. The but, problem with Racer X is he's in that cowl costume all the time. It's another I, one of those I just things. Can't yeah, see, I can't see any actor. Really. Does Racer X talk a lot? So I've never seen the cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> Hugo. There you Hugo. go. That's a good one. Uh, go. Yeah, that uh, Racer X sort of Racer does, X but he doesn't let Speed. I, you know, it's weird. I haven't seen an episode of Speed Racer in about thirty years, but I, but, and I must. So I must have seen the one where Speed confronted him, like five or six times. It is burned in my memory when Speed says, "Are you Rex Racer? Are you my older brother? Are you Rex?" And then he decks him. And knocks him unconscious, and then one of the pirate drivers says, "Are you?" And he says, "Yes," but he must never know it. So Razor X confessed. <laughs> I won't tell my brother, but I'll tell some strange pirate, pirate racer. He confessed it to one of his arch enemies, yeah. rather than. And, but I, but I can remember it was just like when I was five. That was the most dramatic moment you could ever have. Like you had this long lost older brother, and, uh, the tragedy. Yeah. And I mean, my my spritel impersonation. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, would you okay. be Chim Chim? I would okay. love to be Chim Chim, but more importantly, I would love to find a way to turn back time so that Captain Lou Albano could play Dad. If I could turn but I think it's uh, back John Goodman. Time. Isn't it John Goodman playing the Dad, playing Pops Racer, and uh, and then uh, Susan Sarandon's going to play Mom? Yeah, that ugh. another Oscar winner. Right, that's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's going to be fine. like what a fun.
But, it, you know, and it is one of those things that people are going Hiccup. like, why are these people doing these movies? It's like, because, you know, Susan Sarandon's got kids and uh, and fans. but And know, a mortgage. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they boat payment, and uh, Tim Robbins keeps, you know, I mean, since they got to spend a lot of money to stay off that FBI watch list that Tim Robbins keeps getting them on. So. <laughs> Those $3,000 fundraiser habit really cads up after a while. Yeah. you know, Please I, help the children. I would okay. just I would rather have these good people in these movies. I know Lon and I sometimes get at odds about this, but you know, that I, I want to see good people in these movies, but I also want those movies to be about the characters, not about who's in them. So They just need to get good people with no egos. Like Hugo Weaving, who says, Oh, you don't get to show my face the whole movie, but I can act and be the voice? Sure. Yeah. That's what we yeah. want. And uh, and he did a heck of a job in V for Vendetta. Right. And but you know, and one thing a rumor that's come out this week, it's not necessarily a casting thing. But it's an appearance thing. Uh, Lon brought this up to me before the podcast. I, I saw it this morning. Oh. Uh, Fantastic Four 2, Rise oh, of the Silver Surfer. Right. Apparently, and this has not been confirmed, but I'm hoping it was floated out there by Fox so they could see that everybody would have a cow about it. Or, as I will from or here on say, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Dunst. <laughs> yes, you made me do it. Or should I say, have a Kirsten Dunst about it. Don't have a Kirsten Dunst, man. I okay. still like you, Kirsten. Okay, Don't good. listen to them. All right. Um but that the appearance of Galactus, which they've been saying, you know, obviously that the movie has to end with a confrontation with Galactus, or we'd assume it would. Uh, and everybody's like, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to do the Ultimate Universe version where it's sort of like the like a bunch of locusts? Yeah. I kind of like that idea. Or it would be the Marvel Zombies version where it would just be these weird flesh-eating things dropping from the sky? Would it be the purple-suited, large, 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 large Galactus? Prince? Should be the big oh, okay. <laughs> The big guy. So do you, be the big guy. Do you know what the rumor is? Uh, the rumor is probably cliffhanger. He's going to be a, cloud. a giant smoke what? monster. A giant clown. No, cloud. A cloud. <laughs> cloud. A cloud. And I got to say, and I don't know who the president, maybe Chris will help me out with the name of this, the president of Fox, who also Rupert shot- Murdoch? Uh, no, no, oh, no. Yeah. Of the, the studio. Uh, who Murdoch shot Rupert? Da- who shot down an X-Men The Last Stand, refused to have Sentinels. And I oh, love- I don't know. Post, I yeah. don't know who wrote- the, I can't remember who wrote the Any Cool News posting, but I like the thing. It was like, was this guy molested by a giant as a child? <laughs> and therefore, he just has a problem with giants on screen. Why am I reminded of Star Trek V, where they ran out of money and couldn't shoot God with special effects, so instead they did, like, cloud and face yeah. in the cloud. Yeah. It's like, but they're nowhere near out of money. They're no. just making a bad decision. They're just making a bad decision. Oh, come on. And because, you know, it's something like this. I'm sorry, Galactus is iconic. You have to do some version close to, I mean, which the movie had otherwise heretofore done. The Doctor Doom variation. Yeah, but then again, a, this is a rumor. And this we is don't, a rumor. It's not yeah. confirmed. Maybe, this could be like the maybe Jack the cl- Black as Kyle Rayner thing they wanted to see when people like go, The Cloud? That's outrageous. Or, or maybe it just cloud? ends with the cloud, the cloud. and the cloud represents yeah. the coming. And then maybe in the third movie, they'll I'd be have happy it. if that's the If solution. that's the case, then but I can live with that. you know what? That. I don't have that faith. Yeah, because So I, then the end of the movie is going to have the Fantastic Four shooting a cloud. I and that's lame. I think the thing with Fox, though they've done all right, you know, they've They've done all right with their X franchise, but they certainly kept Brian Singer's budget down. If Brian Singer had had the budget on X on X Men One and Two that they got for the Last Stand, I would imagine he would have made Superman Returns. I would have. Oh, I, I, oh, I would have imagined two great films. No, he wouldn't have because the problem with Superman Returns is just so stalkery. It, Oh, well, but it's he's stalking Richard Donner. I mean, mm. the memory of what Richard Donner had done. Whereas at least Brian Singer was creating his own vision of the X-Men 
Yeah. And if he'd had a great budget for that first film, oh, it would have been fantastic. Instead, you give it over to Brett Ratner for X3, and then, you know, okay, but, but that's But I don't want thing. a Fantastic Four movie that ends in a cliffhanger. I don't. I'm tired I don't of cliffhangers really across movies. Movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's marginal interest for me as it is. Yeah. I think that I think they did the smart thing of of, of of putting the Silver Surfer front and center because yeah. it's another mm-hmm. one of those characters that people know. They don't really necessarily know anything about him, but they know him. Right, but they're not going to learn anything more about him in this movie, you think? They're not going to no. have him, I'm Norton Rad from the planet. It, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that they get like $100 million on exactly. the first weekend. Exactly. And, and, and that's when it's going to get butts and seats. And that's not going to happen. It just, it that's out. what they should have called it. Instead of Rise of the Silver Surfer, the they should have called it Butts and Seats. seats. <laughs> and you know what? I'd, buy, I'd go see it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is a summer that is too crowded. It is way crowded. And we're crowded with it really is long super stuff. super crowded. Mm-hmm. At, this, at this point, at World's End, Pirates of the Caribbean 3 is looking to be about three hours long. Yikes. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's getting longer and longer. Uh, Spider-Man 3 is apparently two hours and 40 minutes. So that's what? A, yes. Yeah. What? Oh, my gosh. You've got three supervillains and setting up two more. My you've goodness. Got, you've got the beginnings of Mysterio and the Lizard in there as well. Mysterio's been added to Spider-Man Bruce Campbell and... will be playing Quentin Beck. No. Is, yes. What? Yes. I, how did I just hear this now? Because you haven't been listening to me long. You never listen. Bruce Campbell's going to be I, Mysterio? I yeah. I knew that. Yeah. Which could don't then, ex- and I don't know. If they're gonna, ta- the I don't know what? if they're going to do this, but they're going. But that's going to explain why Bruce Campbell's been in every film. Oh, ah, that would be possible. sweet. And then, and Doctor Kurt Connors is there, and they're playing up that he's working on the genetic thing, and so they're definitely setting. So again, Kirsten, take that. Uh, yeah, because Sony, by the way, baby. Sony, by the way, has said we were going to do Spider-Man Four. The fly in the ointment was that, of course, the other thing that went with this was that. Uh, Sam Raimi is rumored to be in talks with New Line about The Hobbit. I heard that was a rumor. Uh, he has said he's willing to do it mm-hmm. if two things happen. If New Line really wants him to do it, and if Peter Jackson tells him it's okay with him. If he has the blessing of Peter Jackson. I thought it was also a sign-off from The Sun, from Christopher Tolkien. I think it's a legal thing Sam Raimi couldn't care less about. I think oh, okay. that's something that New Line and Christopher Tolkien have to deal with. All I know is okay. you know that Sony is making a Spider-Man 4 because well, you know that's their, what, their... Uh, Golden year. Goose? Yeah, that's their, um, their they meal have, ticket They have year. fought Marvel over in lawsuits. Remember that meal? Speaking of lawsuits with Marvel, the Champions, turns out Marvel, oh, which they're going to release a, 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 a Champions revival this summer, Marvel doesn't own the trademark. Nope. Well, there was a British TV show years ago. No, there's a role-playing superhero game, the champion oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hero Games. Hero Games. Yeah. And then a, the publishers that, do, that does uh, Femme Force and Flame. And, I, I haven't mm-hmm. seen a Champions comic in a while. Yeah. But they own the trademark. And they <laughs> sent Marvel a cease and desist letter last year when Marvel released an essential Champions, the black and white, on the bus of the very bad 17-issue. Uh, let's see. Hey, can you can you match me? Who were the members of the original champions? Oh, Angel, Hercules, Angel, Hercules, Black Widow, Black Widow, Iceman, Iceman, Iceman was one. Uh, Vance Astro. I don't know. Oh my gosh, you guys are gonna be totally stumped on who the fifth member is. This is so exciting. Oh, uh, my nipples are hard. Black Panther. Nope. Um, it wasn't either. It was he makes one. no sense whatsoever. And not that this combination as it is makes much sense. But go ahead. I was gonna go with. Iron Fist? Nope. Beast. No. Ready? Yeah. Ghost Rider. Oh, oh yeah. Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. Ghost Rider uh, was a I never read the, the champion. Well, like Ghost Rider made 
sense as a member of the Fantastic Four too, right? But he or was the new. Yeah. But at least that was Danny Ketch. Oh come on! I finally got to watch the. Okay, yeah. I watched the movie finally last weekend. Let's just move on. Let's, Let's just yeah, move on. Go. I'm looking forward to Ghost Rider. Too. But to finish that thing, the the lawsuit we were talking about this last night was you said the little guys won, right? The little guys won, but except that they sent a season desist letter to Marvel, and Marvel is continuing to advertise that they are uh, releasing a series called The Champions. You know what really should happen is that Marvel should pay off the. Well, does money get back to Hero Games? I could care less about the yes, comic. Yes, money would go back to Hero Games. Hero Games needs the money. Yeah. I mean, and they've done a lot of good stuff over the years. They've, you know, they, I, I don't know exactly they, they how that's going. They could get a big hunk of cash from Marvel. No, but what I'm feeling is, is an arrogance. Um, and, and this is by Marvel lawyers. I don't think it's a, a please because they were kind to you last week. This is not an arrogance from, say, Arun Singh or uh, Joe Quesada. Those guys are all cool, I'm uh, sure they do the right thing. Bill Roseman, you know, people that we love, our man of Marvel, Bill Roseman, um, you know, that I, I think it's lawyers. I think it's, and, and the corporate structure above. I, you know, we can talk about the arrogance of Marvel, and that arrogance I, it has nothing to do with the creatives. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the creatives. I, I, I'd like to believe that. My finger's yeah. getting tingly. Let me see your finger. Okay. Your finger has darkened up actually much faster I haven't recently. Seen, but mine is now starting to feel numb. And <laughs> I think we need a panatone chart. Well, <laughs> I've got, uh, I've got an actor's training. I can actually control the blood flow in my How body. high up uh, the finger is yours? Mine's like right on the vein. I don't oh, know. Did okay. you put your uh, – yours is about the same spot. Okay. I, tried, I tried to be fair with this game. No, okay, we, we should move on. We should move on. <laughs> yes. Because uh, before we've got two things that are going to excite I, our – I have to take it off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I win. Oh. I don't know what I win. I guess you're buying me nachos. Oh. Um, we've got two things tonight to, p- to please our listener nice. from Canada. Okay. Though I joined that. Uh, Lon suggested me there was a site, uh, and I still haven't oh, heard from you, yeah. uh, podtrack.com, where I can actually now see where we get. We have a surprisingly uh, large number of, of or a large percentage of our listeners in England. Cool. That was jolly good. I'm Governor. Su- I, I was kind of surprised by that. Have you gotten cross coverage from the uh, late license folks? Or uh, I don't know. It, it's possible because you, because we do have some of the, well, my BBC broadcasts with them up yeah. there on the available from iTunes as well. It's possible, uh, and we're certainly you know we the late license folks still you know we're. St- Still in chats, shall we say? This Chatting. week we have a review We're from tea time. We have like three articles from Jamie Kelwick, uh, who is the the movie reviewer from the BBC Humberside. Uh, that he's we, doing the Doctor Who stuff. He's doing Doctor Who, and he and reviewed Torchwood? Hot Fuzz for us because he actually Hot Fuzz uh, uh, a, yeah. opened a month ago in England, so he offered that to me. And, he, and well, right now Torch was down, but he's watching. And by the way, I from mysterious sources that Chris suggested last week. You know, I caught up on my Doctor Who, and oh. Yeah. Lord. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Doctor Who is the best television series ever. Oh, absolutely. And you know what I'm more excited for, for is the kids show, the Sarah Jane Sarah Adventures. Jane and, uh, and, and K-9. K-9's things. not going to be in it too much, but yeah. the Sarah Jane, the one issue. Uh, she the was one good. Episode, the one episode last week. great. Time. I laughed. There's yeah. one episode of the Sarah Jane Adventures, which actually school. ties into Torchwood. Yes. Which which had, uh, God, what's his name? Um Buffy's uh, Watcher. Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Nigel Hawthorne. Anthony Stewart Head. Anthony, Anthony Stewart, Stewart. That's what I meant. Who was also on Little Britain, and i got to say, he's hilarious on that, and Little Britain. So. And We Britain was a portion of the show Arrested Development. Oh, we're not That's doing true. connections? <laughs> no, that was called Little Britain. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was, it was We Britain. Little, it was We Britain, Britain. Yes. Oh, because it already yeah, had Little Britain. because you're not from Great Britain, you're from We Britain. Britain. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's weird. It does not surprise me at all that the podcast goes over well in Britain. Good British people. Because uh, British comics fandom is absolutely rabid. It is absolutely crazy. These are folks that I know and love very well. They have well. rabies? Hey, James, how you doing? Well, um, yeah, hopefully 
somewhere down the road you will uh, come back from England at some point with a, with an interesting report. Yes. Well, well, enough, somewhere uh, long down the road. But to back to Mike Wegger, who's our Canada Canadian audience member, we're international, baby. He's Canadian, we're international. international. Oh, Canada. That's all I know of the theme back Anyway, he wrote in with a question. Well, first of all, of course, he he's a, a huge of fan stuff. of you. Woo! And he's always excited when Chris he's Garcia pointing comes at Chris. in. He thinks Chris comes in here just because he's asking for him. Uh, but really, it's because Chris has something to shill. But we're <laughs> glad to have Chris. We do love having Chris here. But Mike asked a question. I just want – and I sent it out. I forwarded it out. Mike Wegger is – Getting back into the video game biz, or not the business, but actually buying a video game platform Random. after apparently a long time. I, I don't know if he's been playing off of an Atari 2600, perhaps a 7800. Uh, you know, just an NES. An NES. But he asked. He, he wrote in and asked what we recommended, honestly, as the game platform to get involved in. This is actually how I ended up with the PS2 years ago was because Batman Vengeance was going to be on that, and I really wanted to play that Batman game. Little did I know that all Batman games suck, uh, no matter what platform. <laughs> but this is what happened. My wife gave that to me, PS2, gave me Batman Vengeance, and she bought it from a Costco with a Jack and Daxter. So I'm playing Batman Vengeance, get to a point where I'm completely stymied, and I'm like, oh, no. I whined, I begged, I got this video game system for just for this game, and now I can't play it. But Jack and Daxter played all the way through. It was great. So I love the Jack and Daxter franchise. But... That's how I end up with the PlayStation 2. So Mike is asking the things he likes. He's into fighting games, uh, I guess fantasy role-playing RPG stuff, and he's really interested in Ultimate Alliance. Now, we know that Ultimate Alliance is cross-platform. Everything yeah. has it. But, of course, one platform has more of an edge. But if we were taking – let's first say if we were taking Ultimate Alliance out of the equation, what would your gut reaction be? What platform would you recommend? Whatever has SmackDown versus Raw on it. And that game is absolutely fantastic. I've been playing that. I actually got that. Uh, is it PlayStation 3? PlayStation 2. 2. It is a PlayStation 2. There may be a PS3 version. I haven't, I haven't seen well, a PS3 version. I'll say this version. much. Okay. I have, I've limited play on a 360. Um, own a PS2. Um, as of right now, I would say wait on the new con. I mean, if anything, I don't, I've never played a PS3. The 360's all right. Um, I mean, what, depending on what your budget is, I mean, the most universal all-around, like, cool thing is the PS2. I think get, a, you, get yeah. a PS2, it has the most games. You can play, you know, whatever, and it's cheap. And you can probably tell I don't venture into stores other than comic shops, so I didn't even notice that the PS2 had, had become that super slim thing that you can just, like, oh, fit in your small. jacket pocket. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I rarely say this by technology, but, my God, that is one sexy little machine. And honestly, you know what? I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound weird. I feel if, weird. If We're cost weird. is a matter, and if you want great fighting games in particular... Right, and this is Canada. You cannot beat the Dreamcast. It's old. You can get it on... I, and I'm you not can. joking at all. Like five bucks. No, the Dreamcast? You can get it for dirt cheap. It has great games. The UFC game alone is worth purchasing it. You can That's usually true. get it for about 25 American. That's 6,000 Canadian. <laughs> and, is, there, uh, uh, is there anyone like pirating software, like developing... Because I know that there's been that there's been that in in times past, and I, I've only in recent years come become aware of this. Like people developing still cartridges, and it's like almost a black market. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are still twenty six hundred yeah. games being made. You see, there you go. That's what I'm asking. Is so are there are there people developing things for the Dreamcast and just not talking about it? There are some. There are not a lot. There are actually a lot more for the Nintendo for the like classic classics. But the Dreamcast games, even just getting the uh, the Sims, uh, the off of the uh, for the emulator. 
When you say The Sims, you're not talking about, not the, about the game. game. Yeah. You're talking no, about the simulators. Yeah. The the, uh, the emulations. Emulators is, that run yeah. on PCs and let you play these things. Absolutely. Dreamcast is the way to go for that which, for fighting games. Which you should only do if you actually own the system and own the cartridge and just want to play it for convenience for sake on your purposes. PC. Thank you. Yes. Or if this you is why I describe you as moral arbiter. Or if that you is. want to hold them over for history... And you have to set yourself up as a museum. You, and have, you, to, are, and, you have to remember, and I, am doing you that. I don't, exactly I don't that. know that uh, necessarily any listeners, we don't really play this up on Fanboy Planet, but Chris is actually a curator at the, at the Computer History Museum in Mountain View, California. Yes, I am. Which last year uh, we had a brief spate of being very close friends for about three weeks, and he, he gave me a tour. And uh, I got a private tour of the museum, and he touched me in a bad place. But um, oh, wait, but before was that near the uh, near the old software area? Yeah, he yeah. touched me Fair near the IBM. Okay, uh, let's uh, wait before we uh, move I, on I, from no, no, Mikey no, Wager's question. Uh, I want to go to Rick. Okay, yeah. I want so Rick's opinion because he's a 360 guy. I have to do the disclosure. Full disclosure. Full disclosure here, which we've never said on the, we've, we've we've danced around this before, but just I'm, come out with it. We're okay. We love you either way. But you are dressed like a Death Star employee. Go ahead. Uh, I I am a 14 year employee of Microsoft. <gasps> I'm going. Goodbye. And but, but uh, wait, he's and he's back, he's helping so, with my laptop. But uh, on the other hand, we don't get a deal on the hardware. Oh, okay. So <gasps> the fact that I have two Xbox 360s at home, I think speaks something speaks to it. Significant. Is to that it. because one really was bad? No. Okay, you actually use two. We play the system so good you we, have to play we two play of them simultaneously. Games. We have you eight like people Halo playing in the time. other room or something. Or? And but I do have a PS3 and a Wii and a PS2. Well, because yeah, you are an ultimate geek, you, we, 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 you shame me. How's the Wii? The Wii is fabulous. So I want to get a Wii. The Wii, the Wii is the ultimate uh, cranberry party. juice. It's makes a party, it party game, right? right? Console. I've heard that. That's you know, but but most of us we. Play, you know, late night after the children have yeah. gone to bed. By, by ourselves. ourselves. Alone with our yeah. shirts off. Yes. When the girls don't return our phone calls. But if I can uh, finish, okay. since I did disclosure, now I get to say the opinion. Okay. I, I will say. Because <laughs> you have everything. I, the, for me right now, there is, n- there are maybe one or two compelling games on the PS3. Maybe one okay. or two. Um, maybe it's going to get better. But it's been out for a bunch of months. Let me throw in one little thing. Because you have the PS3. How much do you think is the value of having the Blu-ray DVD player, which comes with that PS3? If you've got a decent system playing DVDs and you're happy with it, don't, don't go Blu-ray, Blu-ray yet. Because you're going to end up paying you know, 25 to $30 a disc for your mm-hmm. movies, where everything else is going to be 50, 10 to $15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know too many movies that I'd really need blu-ray for at this point so your final vote is my well i i'm not going to vote because my vote obviously is going to be for, uh, for okay well then here's the ultimate. what i would say is go out find the games you want to play and mm. then mm-hmm. then choose a console. now i'm going to throw back in oh, wait a minute before oh, though, i have to ask one more thing what does shang chi think Justin, my Shang Chi, Shang Chi, Shang Chi. The only, the only like I feel his real identity. Shang Chi spends about Justin Breschneider fourteen hours a day playing Oblivion on Xbox 360. There you go. And that is the ultimate, ultimate role playing game on any console is Oblivion. And so, if you want, if you want role playing, okay. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw back in the Ultimate Alliance because I think I, I, I emailed Rick. 
my answer to this question, which I don't have the actual platform I'm going to give, is because if it really is about Ultimate Alliance, yeah. and it, if that's a game that said, you know, it's about time to get back in, and if you're doing it because of Ultimate Alliance, which we know rocks on every platform, it rocks harder on the Xbox 360. There, I've said it. It's a shame. I, <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. We're going to do the late night. Oh yeah, Ultimate Alliance thing in well, my house. I, absolutely, you're going to eat those words. You're going to go. I'm just going to go. I, I love it. I love it. And why is because even one. though they've delayed it, there's a promise now of having eight more pe- playable characters. They were supposed that you to be download. out. They were supposed to be out a week ago. They there was a. As far as I understand, what I understand is there was an update to the game to make these character uploads work, and there's something wrong with the update to the game. And that's what's stalling everything. I, I only know this because I've been reading the, the blogs. Mm-hmm. No, well, you've got a vested so, interest. You have two Xbox yeah. 360s. But uh, it's going to be fabulous. You know. Which uh, Shang-Chi has played backwards and forwards and knows that game so well. But the well. thing is, we have to buy them for one or both of them. We, you, know, you, you, no. have to, you install it on one of the machines or the other because it gets installed on the hard disk. There's a way so what are we it's telling gonna, Mikey Wager? I, as a, it, uh, I, I've got to go with what Rick's, Rick said. Find the game you want. Like I said, years ago, I found Batman Vengeance, knew nothing about gaming. I wanted to get in. And I always said every game is going to be the one that's going to get one guy back in that's never played something before. So if your game is Ultimate Alliance, if you want to play Ultimate Alliance, get Xbox 360 because it is the that's going to be the best version of it. Mikey, the games you want are on the 360. Wait. That's <laughs> 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 so uh, but what about the Blu-ray? Because you know we do have a, not only do we have to have a late night but, Ultimate you go Alliance, Blu-ray, you go Blu-ray, we have, we have to play the Dragon's Lair. We have to play the Dragon's Lair Blu-ray you, version. Okay, Dragon's but it's going to we're going to oh, we're going to play that because you've got it on Blu-ray. Right. I have to believe it's. I wouldn't be on seek HD out. Well, well, yeah, so. it's going to be a, well. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're supporting both or not. Yeah, I I have a I have little doubt that they will that they won't support both there's because a, it's actually an, cheaper to produce the, the there's HD a, There's discs. an HD PC version already, so maybe yeah. they consider that. I don't know. But that's that. The other part, let's turn this over. Chris Garcia. Hello. A little bit of wrestling. And then I wanted to go to a New York report. Okay. A little bit of wrestling. Uh, we had Raw, of course, yesterday, or on Monday. And uh, I missed the main event. I actually fell asleep before the main event. But they were in uh, Italy. And this is how b- weird things are right now. Italy is the hottest wrestling market in the world. Hotter than Mexico, which has cooled down after the big Mystico blow-up. Uh, hotter than Japan, which was the world's biggest site for wrestling in the 90s. It's the hottest place. Uh, Rikishi runs a regular uh, federation with a bunch of American stars. Huge money business. WWE comes in. It's probably going to be their most profitable tour in history, is their swing through Italy. I, that, to me, just blows my mind. The interesting thing is that the show was fairly good. It wasn't great, but the two most over guys, absolutely biggest two guys who just got the best reaction, were Super Crazy and Chris Masters. The two what's going on with the world people who I couldn't think of. I mean, there's no reason they should have you know, gotten as big a crowd reaction, but the place was going nuts. So you say the Italians are crazy. But you didn't see the main event, though. I didn't see the main event. So maybe the big headliners were getting the big pop. What I heard was that John Cena was booed mercilessly. I heard, I saw parts of that. He was booed. Yeah, and uh, I know he was booed in the backstage vignette he did with Michaels. But uh, I heard that it was you, and that Edge, Edge's reaction was very good, but not super strong. 
Okay. You know and who had a really good review over there though was uh, Roberto Benini. He came out and he stood on a chair. Stood on some chairs. Life is beautiful. Oh! And then he got hit with a he chair. He jumped off the chair a hunter. No. He was, was actually nice. hit with a Blu-ray disc copy of his live-action mm-hmm. Pinocchio. Oh. Ouch. The other thing, of course, a, there was a TNA pay-per-view, and uh, no one paid attention, uh, including me, which is a bad sign again for TNA. But Chris, Ma- uh, not Chris Daniels, the Fallen Angel. Uh, and Jerry Lynn, 43-year-old and still kicking it, uh, had a fantastic match. Uh, probably the best pay-per-view match since Mania, easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was one of those fantastic matches, and it meant absolutely nothing on the show. Uh, everything else was just overbooked. There were cage matches everywhere, bad acting, a blindfold match where the blindfolds kept falling off. What's, so, what's the buzz on Steve Austin's The Condemned? Uh, the Condemned, actually, I've heard, is the best of the WWF movies, including... No holds barred, which I thought was what? robbed of the Oscar, but uh, one of those rarities. You are so strange. But uh, yeah, I've heard that it's very good. That uh, people were actually it's commenting that Vinny of. Jones, oh, okay. uh, so- English soccer player and turned actor, did a fantastic job. I believe yeah. the official term is soccer hooligan. hooligan. Yeah. Is Vinny Jones gonna do like a promotional like Football match hooligan. like Zeus did? Uh, no, but who might is Nathan Jones, the absolutely terrible. <laughs> Wrestler from about 2004. Yeah, he was already on their roster, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and he might actually do a promotional match to promote the match. Is Nathan Jones in the condemned? Yes, he is, and apparently he's very good. He was also in Gladiator. Okay, so there you no, go. No, he was in um, uh, Troy. Or Troy, not Gladiator. He was in Troy. He got taken out like a little, bi- oh, little yeah, baby, that's right. little, little baby. baby. All right, Spear, so um, there we go. Good. Um, before we go to New York. What I was thinking is because we we've probably been gabbing a long time. Long let's consider, time. Let's take a take a moment and maybe to break this Cleansing up. Breath. Maybe break this into two podcasts that we can release this week so people can break it up and listen in a little bit. Like a part one and a part two. So this is the end of part. Yes. I'm going to say this is the end of part one. Come back to part two because we've got who we've got interviews with here. We have personal interviews with Mark Benicia. Mark Benicia, editor at Marvel at Comics. Marvel Comics and the man. Bill Roseman. Oh, Bill Bradley. No, Bill, Bill Bradley. Bradley. <laughs> oh, Bill Bransky. Yes. Oh, uh, Bransky. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Where they cover uh, World War Hulk, uh, Ms. Marvel. We talk a lot so about. You, so, if you want a little personal like insight it? on what's co- coming in, in Marvel, do you like it how Rick, Rick has this awesome interview, but he sets it up with this peaceful tone, and we've got interviews about World War Hulk. And, uh, and we'll be we back on all things considered. We got to hype it up. We have World War Hulk. We got him. Come on. Yeah. While we were both petting a Shih Tzu. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, so. we'll end this one, but when we end this, stay tuned because I've got an outtake from Bill Roseman coming in the room. Okay. That's, that's really good. And then uh, we'll end this this one and uh, then download the Come next Come back half. for Rick's New York Adventure. There you go. And we'd like to thank the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. 12 and please yeah. extension 855. I thought you were running David. I'm ready. Oh, excellent. David Bogart's off, so I'm like, don't. Go. No. Feel free. Want to do here? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, it's just easier right now because the Hulk room, we're not sure if someone has it. Someone has a danger room.
Gotcha. And there's secrets on the wall. How are you, Richard? Rick. Rick, how are you? Pretty good. Sorry, I had to, uh, I was mean, but oftentimes being an editor is like being a farmer. Okay. <laughs> if I don't put that seed in right now, tomorrow I won't have the crop. And you're doing something overseas. Overseas, I mean. So the time change, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have someone waiting in London, so it's five hours different. So if I wait, right now it's nine, so it's afternoon. If I wait two hours, what time is it there? And where is he? He's out yeah. eating dinner. It's five hours. So it's like an, an editor can never be the person that slows up production. That can never happen. We should never be the reason. I'm so, obviously, I, you, you know I'm recording. Yeah, so. that's fine. So we have... Can I, can I get a clean start? Can, sure. Uh, can you introduce yourself? And Hi there. I'm Bill Roseman, uh, editor at Marvel Comics in the Heroes office. Uh, work with Tom Brevoort, who's our executive editor. We work on all of the, uh, I would say, classic varsity Marvel heroes.